Welcome to the Filipino American Women Project, a podcast show that shares stories and life lessons told by individuals living or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a fellow Filipino American woman, and I'm excited for you to join us. Let's get started. Jen Amos here and I am just super excited. I have to give you all some background to this next episode because it's a super special one. So this episode is actually a recording of our first live event in the San Francisco Bay Area, Oakland, California specifically. And this was recorded when we had our live event there in December 19th, 2019 which by the way, was Janelle's birthday. So happy birthday, Janelle. You'll get to hear a little bit more about her and the things that she has to say in this episode. But it was a really special occasion because, you know, based on our demographics, our stats, based on the feedback we have been receiving from our listeners, we have come to find that a lot of you were engaging with us in the Bay Area. And so I felt compelled to flying out there and seeing all of you (laughs) uh, firsthand. And it was an incredible opportunity. We tend to get a lot of positive feedback on the chemistry that Nani and I have on the show. And believe it or not, but December was really the first time we met in person. (laughs) And it was awesome. It, It felt natural. It just felt right. It just felt like I've always known her, you know, so Nani, I just want to thank you again. I can't thank you enough for your hospitality when I was in town and for helping us coordinate our live event. I wouldn't have coordinated anything (laughs) if you weren't there. So thank you so much for that. So anyway, this recording, as I mentioned, was of our live event on December 19th, 2019, also Janelle's birthday. And the cool thing is that it was taking place at my Airbnb that week that happened to be a recording studio. So we actually did this recording in a recording studio at my Airbnb of all places. It's crazy. It was pure coincidence. And I just, I think it was all meant to happen. And if you are looking for a recording studio in Oakland, California, feel free to direct message us and we'll be more than happy to give you the details of that uh, specific Airbnb. So at the time, with many of our shows, and if you've been following us for some time now, I'll assume that you are one to give us a grace for how unapologetic and how sometimes raw uh, we do this show. And so when we did this recording, uh, we actually didn't use a microphone because the sound, because the room was soundproof, it, I felt like my phone was able to pick up the audio uh, so well so much (laughs) that you will uh, be hearing a lot of things in the background as we're talking. Um, You may hear the crispness of the phone um, because I didn't use a mic, as I mentioned. You may hear some coughing in the background and occasional shuffling. We moved my phone around a lot because we thought it would help pick up the audio of the people in the room a lot easier. You know, all in all, we try to be extremely thoughtful about capturing the audio 
And, and so it sounds, so it's going to sound the way that it sounds. And we hope that you appreciate how real and how unapologetic we were with sharing our truths and our very introspective thoughts out loud to be recorded for you, listener, to eavesdrop, essentially. And if I, I don't think I mentioned this yet, but I was drinking. So you might hear a little bit of me slurring and uh, talking a lot. <laughs> with that said, uh, I already mentioned Janelle, which it was her birthday at that time. So happy belated birthday, Janelle, at the time of this recording. But I do want to give a special shout out to everyone that was able to attend. I know that for events like this, sometimes, and, and this is what I've kind of gathered from our attendees there and um, even for myself if I go out to events such as so sensitive such as this sometimes it's a courageous act just to show up and so I really do want to give a special shout out to everyone that was there and you can check out the show notes which will be provided in the details of this episode in your in the podcast app that you are listening from to look up all the people that were there and live with us. So uh, first of all, my amazing co-host, Nani Dominguez. Uh, you can reach out to her or connect with her on, at her IG handle at Notes by Nani. Or you could also reach out to her uh, on our IG account, our Instagram account, The Filipino American Woman. I want to give a shout out to Aubrey. Her IG handle is Optimus. That's A-U underscore <laughs> so check out the show notes for that also abby ig handle sailor moon 424 uh, to crystal who is the host and producer of filipina on the rise thank you so much for being there it was an absolute pleasure to meet you in person to stacy ann salinas uh the historian of our group thank you so much for being here live at this event um, it was an absolute pleasure to meet you in person for the first time. And what you'll come to hear when you listen to this episode is her take and her her interpretation of some of the issues we address on the show based from a historical perspective. I want to give a shout out to my good friend Keen. His IG handle is what's cooking good looking with his name in the ing, replacing the ing and cooking and looking with his name Keen, K E A N E, uh, which again, please check out the show notes so you can find these people. It would take forever if I tried to spell out everyone's name. But Keen is actually a really good friend of mine. I We've known each other since high school. He actually remembered <laughs> more than I did. Uh, apparently, I was his first friend um, when he first came to uh, San Diego. So Keen, thank you so much for remembering that. And I apologize that I forgot that. But it's just an abs- it was an absolute pleasure to reconnect with you again and have you uh, show up live and be that male uh, perspective in our conversation. And last but not least, of course, Janelle, and her IG handle is Arid And you'll have the opportunity to learn about her and Janelle's closet, Inside Joke, gotta listen, <laughs> uh, on the show. Um, I feel like I kind of got a little elaborate on some of you, so I just kind of want to go back for a second here and talk about um, Aubrey again. Aubrey is actually one of our really engaged listeners Uh, she is very active with us on instagram and she had recommended uh some people in the past for us and she's just meeting her in person she was just an overall sweet person you know sweet woman so aubrey thank you so much for coming out and you will hear in this recording how it was a courageous act for many of us uh, to show up so 
thank you all so much. I cannot emphasize enough how grateful I am. And you're going to hear this in an upcoming episode, but we can't stress how much we value your feedback. Your feedback is the reason why we exist. Your feedback gives us conviction and gives us a sense of responsibility to do the show. So thank you all so much. And meeting you, meeting even just a handful of you in person really just solidifies what we're doing. So thank you, thank you again um, so much for being there in person. Uh, Last but not least, this is going to be a two-part series. And the reason why is because we are going to be gearing up for some incredible interviews in February. So I'm going to be splitting up this interview. um, I'm going to be splitting up this recording. Uh, It'll be a total of two hours anyway. And I do really feel like this first part has a lot of information that I encourage you all to take time to think about and reflect upon and engage with us uh, through, you know, through Instagram, through email, through however you want to get a hold of us. We have a lot of ways to do that. But yeah, definitely, I think it's very important for us to split this into two parts um, so that. Okay, I had to take a quick second there. My dog started barking. <laughs> And uh, it's complete. I'm, I'm sure you're all completely okay with this because by now you should know how unapologetic we do these shows. But anyway, um, I really hope that you really pay attention to what we're talking about on this show. I feel like what a lot of our attendees talked about really echo how a lot of our listeners feel. So I hope you enjoy and I hope you continue to engage with us. Let's keep the conversation going and that's it. I'm going to stop talking now and I'm just going to go ahead and jump into it. Enjoy. All right. Hi, everyone. Jen Amos here with the Filipino American Woman Project. And I am super stoked because I am in a room with some incredible individuals here in the Bay Area. And so let me go ahead and start off with my incredible, amazing co-host that I am meeting face to face for the first time um, since we started this podcast. It's super crazy. And if any of you have actually listened to our previous episodes, we did have a special episode in the last month of the Filipino American History Month where Nani and I were drinking for two and a half, four hours. Four hours, hours, and we cut it down to two and a half hours. Thank God. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, with that that said, I want to go ahead and introduce our co-host, Nani Dominguez, and she's going to go ahead. We're actually going to go around in a circle here, but Nani's going to go ahead and introduce herself and a fun fact about her. So, Nani, welcome. Welcome back to the show. Hello, everyone. Great to see you all in the flesh. Like, in the flesh. Yes. (laughs) And I'm Nani, and what was the question again? The question is, what's a fun fact about you? Oh, what do you want people to know about you that's like most people don't know about you i mean i was gonna say that i have two snakes but you guys already heard that but not our listeners okay so for the (laughs) listeners i have two snakes as my pets i have like a zoo basically in my house and um that's all (laughs) cool well thank you nani yeah and i am so privileged today I'm so privileged to be with some of our listeners and allies and just fellow awesome boss ladies and just boss people to actually just experience this recording 
experience with us in a recording studio for an Airbnb Ooh, of all places. Yeah. This is not planned. This is going to be so funny when I listen to the editing later. It's going to be so great because I'm like super zealous right now. But we have some incredible people in the room right now. And so I want them to go ahead and introduce themselves. These are actual listeners um, and also just people in the community. But they're going to also introduce themselves and share a fun fact about them. So let's go ahead and actually, if everyone can share their IG handle, that'd be kind of cool as well. Sure. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So Aubrey, go ahead. Hi, I'm I'm Aubrey. I'm from San Francisco. My IG handle is AU underscore Timis, so Optimus. <laughs> <laughs> and fun fact about me is I don't know. The pressure. Um, I like pandas. Oh, that's um, nice. Why do you like pandas? <laughs> I like pandas because they are solo. You know, mm. they get together for mating. Mm-hmm. They raise their child, and then they're on the solo. And that just—I mm-hmm. always <laughs> felt like a clingy person, and the idea of isolation fascinates me. Mm. So. That's very deep. I need a moment here. And they're cute. Yeah. So you love your independence. Well, you love you love nurturing, but you also love your independence. Yes, exactly. Beautiful. It tells me a lot about you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now we have Abby. Hi. My name's Abby. My Instagram handle is SailorMoon424 because yes. I'm a huge Sailor Moon fan. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, Sailor Venus. Yes. Sailor Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, uh, my fun fact is that I'm a dog mom, but I'm also a plant mom. I have oh. two plants. One's name is Lizzo and the other's name is Ica because yes. it's uh, yes. a coffee plant. It. Yeah, so coffee <laughs> arabica, so I just used Ica. Uh-huh. Yeah, those are my kids. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Lizzo, though. Yeah, oh Lizzo. Gosh, yeah, this is my favorite. What kind of? Oh, it's a ZZ plant. I can't say the full name because I don't know the full name. It's not long, <laughs> but they're from South Africa and they cool. have healing properties. So wow. I wow. wow, very cool. Trying very to live cool. my best life. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's cool. It just shows that you like to take care of things. Yes, yeah, that's true. That, yeah. tells, that tells me a lot about it. I'm not a psychologist, but I like to pretend <laughs> I am. <laughs> I like to pretend I can read people. Crystal. Is that transcribing? Yeah. It is, it is. Otter, cool. it's free. Awesome. Okay. 600 minutes for free, everyone. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> little tip there. Advertising. Yeah, advertising. I have no, I, I don't benefit from saying that. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. I'm Crystal Fabella. Uh, very excited to be here. My handle is... Crystal Bella. It's hard to spell, but my other one is Filipino on the Rise. So I also host the Filipino on the Rise podcast and run the Instagram brand. Um, so very excited to be a part of this beautiful community. What's a fun fact about? Oh, yeah. I guess the Filipino on the Rise. And Filipina is with an A, not an O. So it's yeah. Filipina on the Rise. Yeah. Cool. Well, my fun fact is that I've lived in San Francisco for two years and I have moved 10 times. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, and to the point that if I have to move, like, tomorrow, I can basically pack up all my things and mm. move into a new place because I've condensed it to, like, three to four bags. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so you've lived here. Sorry, how long have you lived here? Two years. Two years, and then ten times. Okay, very fascinating. <laughs> That's a long, That's a long. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it sounds like you're going through a lot. How old am I? Yeah. I'm 25. <laughs> Girl, I'm 32. It's fine. <laughs> you're, you're like the age of my, you're like younger than my sister. Wait, what? Well, you two sister? are the same. Yeah, 24. Yeah, about yeah. To, beautiful, beautiful. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and we have Stacy. Hi. My 
Instagram handle is says Selena's. Okay. Uh, like if you spell it, it says Selena's, but it's only because my brother also went to UCI with me, so he took the S Selena's, and so I just had Selena's at UCI.edu, so I thought, whatever, just own it. Um, so it's Selena's 8-9, and my fun fact, I can play the tuba, the timpani, the bass drum, and the clarinet. Oh, Proving Asian stereotypes. I was a band yeah, so. Oh my gosh, so you didn't just play the piano. No, that was too expensive. The clarinet. Uh, you could rent the clarinet. Yes. Uh, so, there yeah. you go. And I didn't want to do do flute because the mean girls were flutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. The tippy. Oh, oh, oh okay. sorry. They were the mean. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> they were too competitive. I was like, I don't want that. That's even your fun fact. Yeah, we were bitches. Oh, okay. <laughs> Totally kidding. This was like, um. <laughs> She's like, well, apparently I was a bitch, so no. <laughs> totally, totally joking. Okay, and we have we have an ally. I'm going to identify him as an ally because he's not a Filipino-American woman, but we have Keen here, and he's actually a good friend of mine since high school. And anyway, go ahead, Keen, introduce yourself. Hey, guys. Just to clarify, I do identify as Filipino and American, but I'm an advocate for the women and for yeah. humans in general. Um, I think we have a lot of work to do in our lifetimes, and thanks for having me here. My Instagram handle is what's cooking good looking. Oh, so, that is so cute. It, it's like, Sorry. It's, yeah, I love my puns. I want to follow. W h a t s c o o k k e a n e g o o d l o o k k e a n e. Oh my god, something like that. And I just want to add that for our listeners, if you did not catch that, you will see that in the show notes because you know how generous I am with the show notes. So just check out the show notes afterwards oh, to uh, be able to find all of these incredible people that are live with us right now, uh, being a part of this podcast episode. So you're welcome, as always. <laughs> okay, King, go ahead. What's your fun fact? My fun fact is that I want to turn my Instagram account into a channel into a, a, my own brand and to expand uh, home cooks across the nation and world and to teach what it can take to be able to cook and make a business at home with your food. I have the resources. I'm just putting into action. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, King. Thanks. And last but not least, we have Janelle. Hi, everyone. <laughs> My name is Janelle. My Instagram handle, and this is not for the podcast, but on our group chat, you guys all have my, like, fake Instagram. <laughs> so, <clears throat> in our little group chat, that's my fake Instagram. So, my real Instagram is at original. So, original. And it's O-R-I-G, and then Janelle is spelled J-A-N-N-E-L, like channel and flannel, but Janelle. And my fun fact is I want to visit all 50 states before I turn 30, and I'm at 47 right now. Wow. That's amazing. So what what are the last three places you have to go to? Maine, Alaska, and North Dakota. Wow. Maine is so... Is it? Wow. Is there a favorite state of yours other than California? (laughs) California is definitely my favorite state. Um... I don't have a favorite state. I have states that have surprised me, mm-hmm. like states that I've gone to, and I'm like, this is not what I expected, or I didn't expect to have a good time there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like Tennessee was a really good time, a little partial, because I lived in Georgia for a year and a half, so I like Georgia, mm-hmm. and then I enjoyed Utah and Idaho. Mm-hmm. Idaho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Awesome. Well, these are all the incredible people that are in the room with 
Thank you, Naughty. If, if you hear that squeaky thing in yeah, the background, that's because Naughty <laughs> is like moving my phone around so we can pick up the audio a lot better. But yeah, I just want to thank everyone for just taking the time to introduce themselves for a little bit. And I think this is just really beautiful to have some of our listeners just be able to be on the show because very often we tend to get people that direct message us novels <laughs> of how much the show has meant to them. And so it's just such a beautiful thing to like experience it like firsthand and be present with all of you. And that's a lot to say because I'm an introvert and I think Nani is also an introvert as well. I know. I know. I know. I know. I really like fake the extrovert thing. But as an introvert, I'm someone that can only be around people for a certain amount of time and then I have to recharge. Like, hence why I have like an Airbnb to myself so I can like recharge afterward. And then tomorrow I have to like to hang out with one of my, and not, not you. I'm not talking about you. Um, <laughs> I'm not talking about Keen, in case anyone's wondering. But I have to hang out with some friends that have to stay over at their place. I'm not have to. I don't have to. But I will. And I think it's going to be really draining. Not because I don't like them, but it's just like my personality and like how I have to recharge so that I can be fully present with like people when I actually do spend time right. with them. So I just want to thank you all for being present today. For me, I'm usually just stuck in my house. Like I work from home with my husband and I'm usually just in my office and I'm just staring at a screen all the time. Like, I have been really looking forward to this experience for weeks now. I have really struggled with loneliness and mild depression for most of this year. I mean, I've always had mild depression, but it became really extreme this year because I was just starting, like, as much as I love working with my husband, I love you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I love you in case you're listening to this, which you probably never will. And I always Aww. say that and you always laugh. <laughs> but, you know, it's just nice to kind of get out of the house and be able to just know that I'm more than just our business and the things that we do together. But I'm also I'm still a Filipina and I still need like some form of independence. <laughs> and so being able to do this podcast has been like an experience for me to do that. And like I literally like this is the first time I wore eyeliner in like months, you know. Yeah. And so I, I mean, maybe weeks. I I could be like exaggerating, but it looks good. Yeah. I know. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Isn't it like perfect? <laughs> we did it like in the dark. We did. We did. When the photographer came, yeah. we're like, oh shit, I got to put on makeup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, I have been really looking forward to this experience because it's one thing mm. to like hear from all of you, but it's another thing to like be in the same room. And I do want to just say this very candidly, but I was almost like, I kind of felt this like natural like jerk in my body to even want to show up around everyone because those feelings of being a self-loathing Filipino for Filipinos still comes up. You know, just that whole like deconstructing colonization in your head. Just kind of like I know a couple of us had mentioned this already, but almost feeling ashamed to be around other Filipinas. Like I was almost nervous about that, like even coming out here today. And I just feel like being around all of you, I, I don't feel that sense of like, oh, my God, I got to get the fuck out of here, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's more like, oh my gosh, like because you all have opened up to us tonight, it just makes me feel like this is more than our skin color. It's more than like our shared background, but it's really just people being authentic and open and real with each other. And so I just want to thank you all for that. And I wanted to be candid about that as well, because I'm sure that a number of us like show up to places like this and you're thinking like, God, I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so with that said, prior to us starting this conversation, we were talking offline, all of us introducing each other. And one of the conversations, one of the topics I want to talk about 
first is actually student organizations in college campuses. And so kind of raise a hand. How many of us have been involved in a student organization? Ish. Ish. Yeah. Or, or even just like an or like a Filipino. Yeah, or even like a Filipino organization where you kind of felt like this or Asian organization. I know, Keen, like you're a part of APSA, but I'm actually very curious why you weren't really involved in, in AB Salmahan. So we'll get to that later. But I want to talk about just the topic of like being associated with like Filipino organizations. And I'll just share a little bit about my background. If anyone feels compelled to chime in, feel free to do that. Um, but, you know, my background, I mentioned this in a, in a couple episodes episodes in the past, <laughs> is that I was bullied by Filipinas when I was in middle school. And so I've always had this like love-hate relationship uh, with our community. And part of why I started the Filipino American Women Project was because I wanted to rewrite that narrative. And I wanted to believe that there are like Filipinas that really wanted to uplift one another and like actually help one another and not be so competitive and like, you know, just what is it? Destroy other people's buildings to build up theirs kind of thing. So anyway, in college, my freshman year in college, one of my best friends from third grade, he decided to join a PCN or an FCN. And if, in case um, you're hearing this for the first time, that's short for Filipino Culture Night. And what that is, at least in my experience, is that it's when a bunch of Filipinos come together and do this theatrical uh, show to tell a story about, like, you know, the Filipino American experience. It could be anything from, you know, history, it could be like current issues. Um, it also usually incorporates um, Filipino dances um, and, and, and what have you. And and so I remember he invited me to watch this piece, uh, this FCN, and I told him immediately, I was like, I'm only going to watch it because you're my best friend. But I, I knew, like, my freshman year, I was like, I don't want to be involved. Like, I don't want anything to do with the Filipino community. But when, when I watched the show, I just completely fell in love with it. Like, I immediately, like, I actually loved it so much, I came to watch it the next day. This was, this was Desiree's. FCN. I don't know if you were there for that. Desiree Quizon. What was the title of it? It was Malakas Ang Buso, I think. It was about like martial law. I, I told, I, I'll have to get back to you on that. But anyway, it was, it was in 2007, 2008, <laughs> around that time. Anyway, I'll tell, I'll tell you more about it later. All right. Jenny was here jumping into the middle of our show, as I always do, to remind you why this show is possible. So, you know, at the end of every episode, I tend to say, if you didn't catch our guest contact info, don't worry, we'll have those in the show notes. Check them out. I worked so hard on them. You're welcome. Well, it's been brought to my attention that our show notes are not as easy to find as I thought, which is why starting summer 2020, the Filipino American Woman Project is proud to be partnering with Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. Captivate is created for independent podcasters, designed from day one to help you to focus on audience growth and the expansion of your audio influence. One way that Captivate makes our lives easier as independent podcasters is by taking the guesswork out of making a website for your show. That's right, a website for your show. So listeners, starting summer 2020, finding our show notes will be so much easier. All thanks to Captivate. You're welcome, as always. If you're about to start podcasting or are getting burnt out from all the extra work of producing one, like building a website, consider a seven-day free trial, that's right, free, with Captivate by visiting thephilamwoman.com. That's the philam, short for Filipino-American, woman.com. Or, you know, check out our show notes in the meantime, which is in the details section of each episode. Once again, you can visit thephilamwoman.com or visit the details section of this episode. 
Malakas Angpo. So I think that's what it was. Anyway, we'll get back to that. But anyway, I was so inspired by it by, that, that I told myself I was going to run a PCN. I was going to run an FCN. So three years later, I was able to run an FCN. And But after the FCN, I had dealt with a lot of backlash. I dealt with a lot of just this whole like criticism and just like people like like it's very polarized with like what I did with the show and so from then I was constantly like in and out of the community after that and then part of this project is really about like rewriting that narrative and really just finally embracing what it means to be a Filipina but also setting healthy boundaries like you know it's okay if I want to step out every now and then you know Mm -hmm. so anyway that's a little bit about my background in terms of like student organizations and college so I want to open it up to the floor to see if anyone has anything they want to share about their experiences with whether it's Filipino organizations or, or student organizations or just like like Filipino organizations in general. Mm-hmm. So does anyone feel compelled to share anything? Well, since I'm next to you, <laughs> this is Aubrey Optimist. This is IG handle Optimist. Yes. <laughs> when I went to SF State, I was in LS um, LFS and League of Filipino Students, and they were amazing. And they were very approachable because they kind of had like this like radical approach, a very grassroots style of organizing and educating from the people, like from the ground up, as opposed to like the academic approach. But I don't know where I want to go with that. But they, I too did, involved. I was involved, just very like loosely, just kind of showing up at meetings, and I loved it so much. But I did kind of like fall off because I felt like I wasn't like Filipino enough, and they never mm. ever made me feel that way. But it was just starting to get in touch with other Filipinos in the community. I just felt like it was resurfacing a lot of things, personalized, internalized phobias I had just like what it meant like identity wise like I just felt like it was I was not not scared but I just felt like I didn't I wasn't ready to embrace that side of me or that like that radical side of me because I knew that like we were underrepresented and we were uh, exploited and we continue to be exploited and I was just like I don't feel like I can meet that demand to like stand up for others you know who are less fortunate than me you know because I mean this was back in 2000 and you know it seems like trivial to like for us who who all like went to college and graduated but there's still a lot of people who don't get that chance and something Mm -hmm. we take Mm -hmm. for granted and it's funny because we I did like now like almost like 10 years later it's like I see a lot of my like uh, colleagues from back then I'm like okay they're doing things in the community and I'm just like I'm still like working in a restaurant and I'm just like I don't compare because mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. show up in different ways that I'm proud of and mm-hmm. but I feel proud of them and I feel like that's why this opportunity to link up with everyone here is a good segue uh, because I felt like it is very objective and approachable and very, like, figure it out as we go mm-hmm. and just no one's judging and everyone's just here uncovering our truths. And I like that. And and my friend Glenn, 
who's from Salinas, I think, mm-hmm. or from what is the other town next to? <laughs> I think I know. Is he a documentary? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Glenn. Oh, Glenn Aquino. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shout out, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to find his IG handle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember we were running into him at a sub state, and I was like, we were in LS- LFS together, and I was like, where did you go? And he was like, don't worry about like the time you put in. Like, don't like mm-hmm. judge yourself on taking personal time like that's what's important like that's what builds the communities mm. when everyone takes care of themselves as an individual and I, that just stuck with me so much and feel like I, I can be an activist from afar like I don't have to be yeah. Yeah. you know like on the right. you front know lines. front lines every yeah. day yeah. you know and so. there's a place for everyone yes yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so absolutely shout out to the organizations that do the work yeah. and yeah and being there, and I'm here. Beautiful. Yeah. I heard a couple yas, yeah. yases. So, Abby, uh, did you yeah. want to add anything yeah, to that? Something. Yeah, Filipino orgs. So we were talking in our intros earlier in the other room, and I mentioned that I sort of struggled with my Filipino identity. Yeah. I was bullied in elementary school, and I really struggled. What I took on was this sort of white mask. Yes. You know, yeah. it wasn't until I actually transferred to UC Davis that I came to terms with my Filipino identity. But even then, I still struggled with it. We had a policy symposium for the Bulosan Center. It was our first main event. Mm-hmm. But I never really shared that when I went to that event the first time I showed up, mm-hmm. I got so scared. I ran up to the second floor of Wellman Hall and I just Why? panicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Well, <laughs> what? well because Wait, I, set, the, set the scene first Wellman before, before that a, moment happens. It's a lecture hall <laughs> okay. at UC Davis yeah. okay. and I am a third year transfer. I, it was one of it's my first quarter of my senior year. Okay. And the Bulosan Center had just started. Okay. And I was one of the first interns for the Bulosan Center. And I just started panicking because I felt like I wasn't Filipino enough. Mm. That's something that I just yeah. kept telling Damn. myself. I felt yeah. like I wasn't real. Filipino enough. Well, I wasn't That's real. Yet. Yeah. You weren't my mentor. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy was not in the picture yet. Yeah. She came into we, my life. We did, yeah. we did the Bulosan Center with nothing. It was yeah. all oh, volunteer wow. labor from graduate students. Yeah. Six graduate students who happen to find each other through solidarity and being Filipino American. That's right. amazing. Wow. And so, yeah. But, um, Abby, what the heck? You were in Har- Wellman. Wellman yeah. Hall is one of the creepy lecture halls. It is. Oh, <laughs> it's really, really scary. It's scary. I don't, I always ask my students if they have a buddy to walk home with. Yeah, it's scary. It's very it's scary. Dark. Okay. Um, but, Wellman Hall is next to the Asian American Studies Department. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. it's it's perpendicular to it. And that's where yeah. we were holding you were the symposium. You were hiding in the second Yeah, floor, I was so scared floor. because I oh kept my God, Abby. some part she of me. She didn't have my kept, number yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> some part of me just kept telling myself, well, like. you're probably expecting you're, that same backlash that you got when you right. were younger in those sure. same kind of communities. Mm, right. And I worked yeah. in a Filipino restaurant you're where. You're traumatized from that. You know, yeah. other Filipinos that worked with me would talk about me in Tagalog when I clearly understood what they're talking about. And so I would talk back to them in Tagalog. And they would mm-hmm. just get scared, but you know, they, <laughs> you're like, whoa, she understood what I said. Yeah. Like, oh shit, well, can't do that. <laughs> you better start being respectful. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, so those thoughts just started coming back into my head. Like, you're not Filipino enough. Why are you going to these events? You're not mm-hmm. Filipino enough. Mm-hmm. I went to a white private school, yeah. predominantly white, mm-hmm. and so. I was still holding to that idea that I'm not enough to hold on to this truth and to to share this truth because I really wanted to do Filipino American history and I felt like I wasn't the person for that. Mm. But a part of me just started talking in my head saying that 
Filipino isn't something that you need to try to be. It's mm-hmm. who you already are. Mm-hmm. It's who you are. Yes. yes. Good. You know? yes. And so Amen. even though I was panicking on the second floor, what I are still you doing on the second floor? I told I just oh said it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it took uh-huh. a moment. Yeah. It took a moment yes. to step back. And wow. one thing that another uh, grad student taught me is to learn to rest, never to quit. Yes. So mm-hmm. I took the time to step Ooh, away. Yes. And good I realized, you know, I do belong here. Yes. Mm-hmm. I do belong here. Yeah. And so I went back down and I met How another. How did you get to Sacramento? Huh? Now I'm just worried. So, <laughs> this, uh, this is Stacy speaking, yeah, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, how, how did you get to Sacramento where the symposium was? Or you're going to the... symposium, the policy symposium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Wellman Hall. Oh, you went to that one? Yeah, the oh, first okay. ever one we ever had. Okay. Yeah, and I got to meet another Filipina author yeah. who was writing about the farm worker movement. Mm-hmm. And that's what sort of plugged me into writing about our history. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow. you know, there's just that imposter syndrome, the yes. whole feeling like you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. But then combine that with identity, yeah. and it's just, it's a crisis. Oh, yes. it's, it's a mess, yes. right? Absolutely. I saw you at the boba shop. No, sorry. <laughs> She's like after. genuinely concerned right now. Yeah. Was it after? It was after. I have my office hours at Charity. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Stacy's my mentor. For oh, those who don't know, okay. she's amazing. You'll get Whoa. to know more about. Her. I, I believe you. Yeah. yeah. I believe you. No, yeah. she is. But yeah. But yeah. Um. And so that's something that I had to work through. And then it's also sort of the idea of creating this false Filipina in my head mm-hmm. of who I should be. Yeah. Because uh-huh. there's a lot of these beautiful women in these organizations, and I tend to compare myself it's probably because of the culture it's because yeah, my I get it Filipino parents tend to compare you to other Filipino yeah. kids they're just other kids in general yeah, it's right? human nature like yeah. look at your cousin your cousin's this or look uh-huh. at your friend she's still single and uh-huh. she's she cares about her family mm-hmm. you know but um and so in my head I created this false idea of what a Filipina should be I should be more beautiful I should be more light-skinned or maybe I should you know wear more makeup or be somebody else but the fact is like we are who we are we carry mm. all of these things we we carry o- our own identity but mm. we're still filipina at the end of the day mm-hmm. or filipino filipina filipinex and so that sort of mentality of be- of accepting who i really was was what pushed me to be a part of mm-hmm. the bulosan center too. So I have a question. Do you feel yeah. like you do you feel like you've kind of owned it as a Filipina now? Like, do you feel enough to like you know kind of step forward and represent, or is right. it still something that you're working through? It's still something that I work through every mm-hmm. single day, even Absolutely. now that I've graduated. I mean, I still see other students because I'm a bit of an I'm an older student. I transferred when I was 22, mm-hmm. so I graduated when I'm 24. And so there's some students that are much younger than me that are way up there way beyond their years already in law school achieving so many Mm. great things or you know and so it's hard to not compare myself and think as a filipina am i actually doing enough i'm just an undergrad i'm just yeah but at the end of the day i think what really inspires me is listening to all these other stories you know Mm -hmm. listening to you all and some of the things you're able to accomplish and also learning from Stacy, oh who's my <laughs> mentor. <laughs> I had I struggled with that identity for years, you know, and so to see other strong Filipino yeah. women, other strong Pinay women yeah. owning it. Yeah. And rising yeah. above all these, you know, circumstances that we have to go through. Yeah. It's very empowering for me to see and to think, you know, don't try to be somebody that you're not. Be right. who you are. And you can always go far with that. And so yeah, but it is something that I still work through. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I hear you. Wow, beautiful. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I wanted to see if anyone wanted to add upon what, what Abby said. I mean, 
Just, just speaking from my own experience. This um, is Keen. <laughs> if you didn't notice. Still the only male voice in the room. Go on. Well, I'll start with another fun fact is that I like to pride myself as a rapper. Hmm. I don't write enough. And and I don't record enough. And it's in there. And the whole philosophy is that everybody's got to rap. You just got to practice it. You got to find out what it is that makes you the rapper, mm-hmm. how to how to communicate that. And it works best when you're just being true. Yeah. Especially my favorite people, uh, Ruby Barrow, we mentioned earlier. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, Prometheus Brown. Mm-hmm. I was sad I never got to meet him when I lived in Seattle, but mm-hmm. um, I know he's killing it up there with his, his bakery up there. And I, I look up to these guys, even Bamboo, and, and I, I like mm-hmm. to see the stories that they're telling because, I mean, even between those three, Ruby, Prometheus, and, and Bamboo, there's such different stories, mm-hmm. but they all contribute to the same Philippine X identity. Mm-hmm. It, it's, what I love to see is that I used to feel the same way, in which I, I thought that I'd have to um, be more like this person because I admire them so much. Or, yeah. But once I stopped drawing comparisons, I started to draw inspiration and just be like, you know, yeah. I like to p- apply that to my life. Right. I like to, I like that style in his rap. Mm-hmm. I'm going to practice that. Mm-hmm. And, well, I don't really like mumble rapping, so I'm going to enunciate everything yeah. <laughs> because I think it's more professional and sounds better. And it's yeah. what I want to be. So, yeah, mixtape coming out 2021. <laughs> okay, shameless plug. <laughs> I, I just got to get all my shit together. All good, all it's good. It's going to be the... Uh, the organic cook slash wow. rapper in the community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Keen's got a lot to offer in 2020, so check him out. Yeah. Check him out. Check out the show notes on how to find him on IG. Hope to change some lives out there. Yeah, absolutely. Especially my own. Yes. Yeah. Can I add on to... Yeah, wait, yeah. Yes, go ahead, I, I think that I've met a lot of Filipino women who actually share more similarities with other women than in the, in the sense that, like, not only is beginning their journey later in their years of understanding their Filipino identity because they either pushed it away or didn't, you know, engage with it early on. And I, I think it's never too late to start that journey into your own culture, your own identity and what it means to you. And some people start that later, such as myself. And there's so many facets of the Filipina identity. It's not just one journey. And I think that narrative is ever evolving just because so yes. many of us yes. come from yes. different walks of life. Some of us are first gen, second gen or fourth gen. And some of us have grown up in very Filipino households and some in predominantly white. Um, and you didn't speak Tagalog at home and that's okay. Like it's, it's really about like, where are you at in your journey? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like on the flip side, I always fought being in groups and spaces that felt too Filipino. Yeah. Like if it felt you. so yeah. Filipino, like even now, can I just be very real? Yes. Like I'm Please. fighting like these like very childhood antics I had, like where I have to leave because this is too Filipino for me. I hear I, no, I no, fucking no. hear you girl. <laughs> and, and I can and I can I felt it like yes. earlier when I was like, wait, this is this space. Like these yes. are these like this is a really people are showing them so vulnerably and yeah. it's not like the organizations or the clubs. Yeah. And I could just like I felt it rising a little bit. I'm like, why are those feelings still coming up? Yes. When when it's just like I need to start opening myself up to these different stories and not just right. assuming that these are the same kind of Filipinos that 
I associated earlier. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I just want to be very vulnerable about that because I think that if, when that happens, that's okay. Yeah. And, yes. You know, yeah, that like, that's yeah. okay. And yes. I, it's not because I feel intimidated anybody no. here. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, I forever, like, really try to disassociate from being too Filipino when I, when it's like what you said, it's like where you are. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to find that there's something so beautiful and multifaceted about the Filipino identity and your, you know, your story is, is just as Filipino as anybody else. Yeah, yeah. 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 So. I want to, I want to kind of touch upon, I mean, I just want to see real quick if anyone had any, anything else they wanted to add. Oh, thank you, Nadi. <laughs> yeah, actually, give me a second. Let me just remove this from my phone. You can see my phone's like really cracked. This, obviously, I drop it a lot, but I figured it'll catch the audio a lot better. I just wanted to see. I just wanted to see real quick if anyone had anything else they wanted to add about like student organizations. Yes, go ahead. Uh, this is Janelle, who actually is an advisor <laughs> oh, for wow. a Filipino student organization. So, so speak, girl. Speak. So I actually just wanted to bounce off exactly what you were saying. The idea that oh, like, crystal. yeah, <laughs> yes, let's. Yes, Crystal, <laughs> IG, Filipina on the rise. <laughs> Check show notes. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, go ahead, Janelle. Just the idea that your journey really starts whenever it does. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I feel like mine kind of landed on me. Yeah. And I shared this with everyone else earlier, but I definitely grew up in a really predominantly Caucasian environment. I'm from Tracy, California, for anyone who knows what that's like. Mm-hmm. It's basically farmland, and I lived there way before the Bay Area was pushing over to Tracy, mm-hmm. so that's kind of my upbringing. I went over to college, and my college was very, very, very much filled with other people of color, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, it's time for me to try that out. <laughs> so I tried, like yeah, like, let's do this. All right, here we go. <laughs> time to own the fact that you are Filipina, and let's do this. So I tried it out my first year. My cousin was actually like one of the founders of the Filipino club at our university. So I was like, all right, let's do this. I know someone who's in it. I did one PCN actually mm-hmm. and had a huge falling out with my friends afterwards because mm-hmm. I wanted to be involved in other ways around campus. Mm-hmm. Um, I was picking up jobs in other places and joining other student organizations and I just wasn't as heavily involved as everyone else and I started feeling like I was getting pushed away Mm -hmm. from them because they were like well you're not involving yourself in friendship games or you're not involving yourself (laughs) in French I never went to to French games yeah or you're not coming out to our like in and out runs and I like I understood (laughs) why they were like important to all of them and why they wanted Mm -hmm. to feel bonded with each other but I I felt like I was being like ostracized for like not wanting to hang out with them 24 yeah. seven. So I was kind of like, okay, this really isn't like my thing right now, whatever. And I just didn't really do much with them the rest of my college years. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, I currently work at that university still. And one of my students approached me and was like, Hey, our club advisor is leaving the university, so we're in search of a new one, and we want you to be our club advisor. And I was like, let me think about this. <laughs> I don't really have great memories of this student organization, so let me like sit on this. And they immediately were like, well, you really don't have a choice because you're like the only Filipina person on our campus. And so I was like, all right, I guess I'll do this. All that to say that I feel like I have this like added 
responsibility to figure out what it means to be Filipina for myself, what my responsibility is to them and to everyone else, Mm -hmm. and how to make sure that my experience is serving them in a way that like I feel like I wasn't being served when I was a college mm-hmm. student. Wow. And you guys have mentioned this. A lot of people have actually mentioned this in your podcast previously, but I feel like people show up the way like other people never did for them yeah. when they yeah. become adults. Yeah. And yeah. that's a lot of the reason why I feel really passionate about the work that I'm doing right now because I yeah. don't feel like I ever saw my own face in the spaces and places that I needed. Yeah. Um, especially in this student organization from someone who was older and could really speak to us in a way that I feel like they need to be spoken Mm. to outside of like the things that they're doing currently so me showing up here today yes, was like a huge girl. leap. Yes, <laughs> girl, yes. From the closet. Yes. Yes. We're in Janelle's closet. Podcast coming out 2020. <laughs> Stay tuned. Because um, I, I just never, I never have actively decided like I'm going to show up to something like right. this yeah. or right. with a lot of people. And yeah. so it was actually relieving to hear that there weren't a lot of people. Right. At, right? Yeah. When you like yeah. sent out the big invite yeah. and I was like, oh, there's only like seven, seven people. Yeah. Right. I'm no, it's funny. I'm glad it. that you brought that up because, like, we were very subtle about marketing it. Like, yeah. like we, we kind of oh, we wanted, wanted it. To we wanted to put way. some feelers out there, and we're like, okay, like if like five people show up, that's like enough. Like, we're good. We're good. You know? <laughs> so we we knew we wanted it to be very intimate, and so I'm glad that like I'm glad that you came out <laughs> yeah. because of that. Um, yeah, yeah. Out of your closet uh, for yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If there were like 20 people on that list, I would yeah. be like, I'm sick. Like, yeah, yeah, I get it. So, yeah. yeah, so thank you for saying that because I really feel like I've gotten to this point where I'm like, oh my God, is it too late to figure this out? Like, I feel like no. everyone did it in college. You yeah. Know? yeah. And I feel like you get surrounded by that idea that yeah. everyone does a lot of their identity finding in college, and yeah. I didn't do that. Mm. So it's nice to nice and kind yeah. of a blessing in disguise that it just kind of fell on me and now I feel like alright it's time for me to like yeah. figure this out yeah. you know your, your story reminds me a lot of the mothers we've interviewed <laughs> on our show were like they only started caring about their culture because they became a mother mm-hmm. especially if they were like their child was like multiracial they're like oh my gosh like I don't want like like with Rhea Predican mm-hmm. one of the first interviews we did together yeah. she was all like I don't want to be known I don't want my child to refer to me as like like oh my mom is Filipino like that's my Filipino but mom I'm not. but I'm not yeah. Filipino you know, so it, it to me it sounds like you kind of inherited these kids, yeah. <laughs> and now you're like, okay, like, yeah, yeah, and now you feel responsible. So I, I think it's just it's so interesting how like we all wake up to being Filipino right. at different mm-hmm. stages of our life. Mm-hmm. Hey everyone, Jen Amos here, just cutting into the middle of the show like I always do, but also. At the time of this recording, we did have to take a pause. So I thought I would use this opportunity to give a shout out to Mestiza Taqueria, which was uh, a restaurant in San Francisco Bay Area. They're on Bryant Street. Uh, They were so gracious to cater our event. So I just want to thank you specifically to Marianne for working with us and also to Nani, of course, for helping coordinate with them to cater for us. Just a little bit about Mestiza Taqueria. It was created and influenced by the Filipino roots of the owner, Diana Sisson. So shout out to you. Shout out to Mestiza Taqueria. Really encourage you all to learn more about them, especially if you're in the Bay Area, and check them out. And if you want to learn more about them, check them out in the show notes. All right, let's get back into the interview. We had an abrupt commercial break because <laughs> Crystal, IG handle, Filipina on the rise. <laughs> Had to leave. (laughs) And so I escorted her back to her boyfriend's truck. 
and it was great. And we bonded a little bit more. And I was drinking. I was drinking as I was bonding with her. So just as a recap for anyone that's just tuning in, which I don't think you would because I'm sure you're playing this on two times the speed, like Janelle does. <laughs> like Janelle does. Why? Um, she got through it. Whoa. I guess you So we're trying to talk a little bit faster. So that <laughs> So you don't have to do that. Yes, so she's going to have to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to us. Uh, no, this is going to be a great audio. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so funny when we did our audio. Like, when, when we were doing our like our, our episode for, like, the end of Filipino American History Month, yeah. we did a recording for four hours. Oh I love God. listening and, to that episode. And we got it was so, so fun. Oh we got God. so drunk. I'm so embarrassed. And, like, when we... Yeah. That, I was like, I can't... Yeah. Wait, were you guys, you guys were together? No, 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 we were just drinking. We were just drinking. Over the phone. Drinking virtually. And we recorded it. We yeah. recorded it. I, I broke my nail and everything. You guys were really <laughs> aggressive. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, I have to catch up. I'm on the next one. Class. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I feel inclined to also drink. Yes. 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 That was the goal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we want yeah, you so, to drink with us. As so, you're that, so that's what's happening right now as we're like drinking. And I don't even think there's much to edit on the show, to be honest, because I feel like we've had so many like amazing things yeah. that we've been talking about so far. But during our first discussion, we were initially talking about student organizations. But the common theme I feel like I got from that was just not feeling enough, not feeling Filipino enough, not feeling American enough. And so I think that's the next topic I want to get into. And I want to I want to see if anyone feels compelled to sharing what their experience has been not feeling enough. And so who feels compelled to like kind of sharing like that experience first? I'll go. Okay. So I'm (laughs) going to start this off just by bridging what we were talking about before with what you just said and I didn't go to college so I was not awarded the opportunity to do a PCN or anything like that but I am a part of a Filipino organization now which I entered with a lot of those feelings of like oh I'm mestiza especially like I don't look Filipino at all like whenever I go into a Filipino space especially with my own family I'm othered all Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. I remember when you said to me that it's so normal for your family to call you hey the white girl's here yeah that's their nickname for me they call me white girl that is crazy and it's been like that since I was like born that's ridiculous um yeah Yeah, and it's weird because I'm not the only, like, light-skinned one in our family, but I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, but I am a part of that group now, which I came into, and I kind of expressed to them, you know, I was just vulnerable with them, and I told them that I was kind of intimidated to join that group, and I kind of expected that backlash, but after sharing that, I noticed that a lot of them are like, they'll text me now and they'll be like, hey, I haven't seen you around. Are you okay? And they, you know, thank me for sharing that. So I think there is a lot of value in just opening yourself up and letting people know, like, this is intimidating for me, but I'm still here, like, for my own reasons. And I need you to respect that, essentially. So I was just going to talk about my family experience and how kind of like how you touched on earlier, both in both sides of my family. I was never white enough for my white family and I was never Filipino enough Mm. for my Filipino family. And to both sides, it's like they both just roll their eyes at that and Mm. make me feel like I'm being really overly sensitive and dramatic. But here is like a place where I can really feel validated and feel that sense of belonging. So, yeah. Beautiful. That's my story. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone want to add upon that? Well, I almost didn't come because I was like, I don't know anything about podcasting. Oh, and I think I was just thinking, like, I mean, I don't have any, like, community work under my belt. Mm. Like, I don't, 
I just was trying to convince myself, like, there's too much traffic, it's not to come. Mm. But I was like, no, I want to come based on, like, our DM connection, I guess, because you guys have always been so, like, I just didn't want to let you guys down. And mm. I just was like, even though I, like, don't feel enough, like, for whatever reasons, just having not an expectation to me, but just, like, a connection to be made. Like, I didn't want to miss the connection because you're not from here, you know? So I was like, okay, this is rare, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I, like, skipped up, uh, like, other opportunities for other things, and I was like, no, I made this a priority, even though I felt insufficient in my, like, qualifications. I was like, whatever the reasons are, like, I'm sure I could come up with ten more, but... I knew that I wanted to be here just based on the fact that there was no like expectation. It was like yeah. that's what yeah. that's what made it easy to come here was that there's really no expectation. It's just if you can and I wanted and if to, you want to. That yeah. I wanted to. I so. love that. Yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so Thank glad we like somehow just, marketed it that way. Right. I mean, yeah. that was the intention. It, like, but yeah. I, it just makes me think of all the other people that saw that post and who felt that way and yeah. who didn't act on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if everyone could hear you say that right now, how Which many they are. People? Oh, well, yeah. Don't blame them. <laughs> no, no, no. no I, listeners, I love you all. You know that. And, and, time, show your face. And now, that, that was Nani. I didn't say that. But, you know, I love, we, we love you all. Your face. Actually, actually, I do want to explain. So we, we had an episode with Jolene Levid. Mm-hmm. And Jolene Levid, so her background story is that she um, experienced domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And um, she advocates for it, amongst many other things. And she said that the best way that she had described, like, how other people can be involved without, like, being in the forefront, kind of what you were talking about, Aubrey, is to, so she described it as, like, like being in the car. And, like, if you're ready to be in the forefront, you're, like, the driver. But if you just kind of want to join, like, come along for the ride, you can just be a passenger. You can just sit in the back seat and that's fine and I think that's what a lot of our listeners are right now which is completely fine is that you're just in the backseat like you're in the car with us and you're not driving you're not in shotgun and that's completely okay like like the fact that you're even just in the car um says a lot you know the fact that you said yes like I'm going to jump in this car and I don't know where it's going to go but it somehow it feels right mm-hmm. and and I'm just going to be a part of it and I'm just going to trust the people that can for whatever reason like they can be more articulate than I am and maybe in following them I can eventually find my voice and be able to explain like why why am I not ready to speak up yet you know and so I just love I love Aubrey, like how active you've been with us. Like yeah. real talk. Yeah, like during Filipino American History Month, you recommended like a couple of Panay visionaries for us. And so we actually like credited you for that for yes. I think like two episodes. Yes. And so, and then even just like coming up to this event, I loved that you were just very, like you were very accommodating. You're like, do I need to bring anything? I know. Like, do I? So like, like that alone is just, that's enough. You know, that's, I mean, I mean, the, the point is, enough. the point is that you've already been enough, right? Yeah. And for whatever reason, and I actually want to get like Stacy's like take on this because of her as an historian. I just want to say, Aubrey, like whatever story you've told yourself about like not being enough, 
like to us we just appreciated like your contribution like even the little things like just even engaging with us you know and I really want to understand like why don't we feel good enough and I, I do actually think it's like a historical thing like I think I definitely think it has a lot to do with like colonization for the last I don't know a couple centuries right mm-hmm. and so Stacy you've been quiet most of the time and I don't mean to put you in the spotlight but I love you and I'd love, <laughs> love I'd love to kind of <laughs> and I, I'd love to get your take on like why why don't we feel good enough like what do you think from a historical perspective like why why don't we feel good enough oh god okay <laughs> while well, having a shot for someone's birthday Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait. Yeah. By the way, by the way, Janelle didn't tell us it's her birthday. Today. It's her birthday today. today. Literally today. today. So today is December seventeenth. At the time of this recording, 19th. it's December seventeenth. Oh shit! It's December. <laughs> it's December nineteenth, two thousand nineteen, and it's, it's Janelle's birthday. birthday. So Janelle, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Wish her a happy birthday yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. A belated yeah. happy birthday. And I'll tag her in, in the show notes. So you're welcome. <laughs> Again, birthday. you're welcome. So anyway, all right, let's go back to. Let's go back to Stacey. And Stacey, I just, I just been like just enamored just by how much you know, but and, and just kind of like oh, your your passion. I, I know, uh-huh. I know, I know you yeah. don't like it, but I'm gonna give it to you anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to you anyway. But I love your commitment to our history mm-hmm. as Asian Americans and yeah. specifically as Panay. And so I'm just curious from your his background mm-hmm. as a historian, like why do you think like we don't think we're good enough? Oh, there's a lot. It's like it's really intricate. So if we look, it's gonna sound really historical or ahistorical. If we look prior to Spanish colonization, the roles that women had, of course, it was more empowered. And of mm-hmm. course, it was it's a Philippine archipelago, so there's different cultures within that. So you actually have Filipino rulers. But then when you see the onset of Spanish colonization, that's when you see the domestication of the Filipina, mm-hmm. which is the sad part because they're trying to infuse this patriarchal Catholic understanding of what gender is. Mm-hmm. And so... This is where we see the movement of Filipinas not being able to participate in the systems of power that they understood before. And then so it even goes deeper into that. So class, a lot of Filipinas who actually were of higher standing, they gave into these systems as well because they just empowered them in a way, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate. And then so you see all the other lowly class Filipinos, the darker Filipinas not being able to participate in that system of power. And then, you know, you have another layer of it with American colonization. And it's like, what kind of Filipina do we prefer? Mm. And so Americans are the ones who actually introduced the pageant system. Mm. And the Filipina that they chose was always the Mestiza. And Mestiza before meant Yeah, just Chinese. like the last like Miss yeah. Universe was Katrina Gray and she's Mestiza. And then the one before that... I like Pia words back. I'm going to be biased. I actually like Pia Wurzbeck because of her HIV, commitment to mm. HIV awareness. Yes, yeah. yeah but, Katriana um, was also doing Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, for the record, I love them both. I like them both. But, but also like, the fact that they were Mestiza made me yeah. think, like, okay, so that's what the right. Philippines valued. And yeah. it's not just that they are Mestiza, it's that every single person that wins is, is Mestiza. Yeah. There's no yeah. variety. Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. a strong that's history true. of that. Mm. So yeah. Americans introduced the pageant system and they get Filipinas involved in that and they chose, they mm. picked Filipinos from a higher standing in class as well. Yeah, and and so, you know, we have that type of identity crisis when it comes to what is the preferred Filipino look. And unfortunately, it always tends... Because Mestiza before only meant Chinese Filipino. Interesting. I didn't didn't know that. I I always thought it was, like, white. Yeah, when we think of Spanish caste system in New Spain, which is Mexico, Mm -hmm. so the new world for the Spanish, that Mestiza means something completely different. They have a whole caste system that's very laid out. And then when you look at the Filipino, Filipino caste system with the Spanish and the Americans, it's completely different. So Mestiza originally meant Chinese, Filipino blood. Mm-hmm. And they're usually the ones who had a lot of money because they're merchant traders. And then when you think of Spanish mixed with Filipino, there's another name for it. 
as mm. well. And then you have a specific name for those who are indigenous, mm-hmm. who are darker complexion, whose ancestors you can trace back to Madagascar. They're called Negritos. Mm-hmm. And I think we all know yeah. what that means. Yeah, where that stems yeah from. exactly. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and so you already establish a caste system based on beauty but it's a westernized understanding of beauty. Mm -hmm, And then so, of course, the Filipina, because we're so diverse, there's over 100 dialects, 120 dialects. Of course, not every dialect and ethnic enclave is going to be able to, you know, assume into that role. Yeah, Yeah, and so we have all these misconceptions and identity crises when it comes to beauty. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's just a whole history of denying this idea of what is a Filipina. Just denying it. You have about three centuries or more of it, just denying it. And so we come to this realization now, westernization is a thing, globalization is a thing, so now we can't go back to appreciating Filipina at its roots. So that's, again, things like TFAO makes us appreciate what is the uh, complexity to the Filipina. It's all these things because, again, we're in the U.S. Again, we're also mixing with other things as well. So it's just a reenactment, revisiting of yeah. Filipina at its finest, which is multidimensional. Yeah. As you said. But yeah, we still deal with it because colonization comes in different forms when you add it to gender and sexuality. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's something you can't control. Okay. Absolutely. I, I want, like, for people that, for listeners and even for us that don't know what being Filipina was mm-hmm. bef- pre colonial times, yeah. can you just briefly describe what the Filipina was? Pre-colonial times. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of do antiquities. Isn't like my forte. Um, so if we're well, yeah, based at, on your knowledge, I'm yeah, not oh, no, like the I'm ultimate like, expert. I feel like I'm in my comprehensive yeah, exam. Um, just based on like yeah, no. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you through an exam right now. Do I have to cite right now? No, no, no. Footnote. No. So we look at the archipelago as diverse as it is. So we're mixing in, you know, Southeast Asian, East Asian, South Asian together. So I took an ancestry, a twenty-three. And me, mm-hmm. yeah. Tess, I have, I'm Pakistani, wow. I am Chinese, I am also, my ancestry goes to Tibet and to Mongolia, and then I have wow. Filipino, a mountain, Igorot, and then I also have Spanish and Northern European, wow. and I forget the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's all mixed in there. So, I mean, we're thinking about pre-colonization, you know, yeah. the archipelago is just so diverse already, so it really depends. But it really depended on, was there a tribe system? Like, if we go to southern, to the southern Philippines, middle Philippines, you have Datu Puti, you have Datus, which are, like, leaders of their own little collective. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to the north, you have mountain indigenous peoples, all the way to the north of Luzon, where my family's from. And then if you go to the lowlands, you have people who are mixing with Chinese pirates. Mm. That was like one of the other things. Well, so Chinese, that's, wait, wait, Chinese, Chinese pirates. pirates. Okay, I yeah, just Chinese that pirates. Real quick. And then you have Filipino Muslims, and then you have Filipino Buddhists, and then you. So it's just wow. a whole mix of things. So it's really hard to pinpoint pre-colonial classical Filipino history. Yeah. Especially since everything was mixed, hollow hollowed. The other part is the Spanish burned everything. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, when history. it yeah when it comes to the United States coming in, they only taught 1900. To present day, yeah, yeah. Wow. So it's very difficult to pinpoint, um, and there's no documentation. It's difficult. I mean, my friend, my colleague Kirby. Hey, Kirby. Um, (laughs) He does um, history as well, and he's more fascinated with the earlier Filipino history, pre-colonial. But if 
say for example you were from Magellan's period and you actually visited Manila because mm-hmm. we have this stereotype that it was just barrios and dirt huts and nipa huts in actuality Manila was like a thriving cosmopolitan place wow. in Southeast Asia so they had cannons they had walled cities mm-hmm. all these things and the Portuguese had been visiting earlier so again Filipina pre-colonial is so hard to pinpoint all we really know is that they had the ability to divorce If they wanted to, they could inherit their father's lands if they wanted to. They could become leaders of their own village. They can do all these things. Like, you can divorce amicably. Wow. Yeah, when you divorce during the Spanish period, it's shameful. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's only some things we can pinpoint. But it really takes um, those historians to really collect data from across countries. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I, I feel just, like you feel compelled to say something. <laughs> I was just thinking out loud. It just sounds like through whatever form, like Spanish colonization mm-hmm. or American or whatever, yeah. we've just been with other people outside of our community have mm-hmm. tried to push us into this box of what it's supposed to look like or right. mean to be a yeah. Filipina. But the reality is... Mm-hmm we never were we never yeah. looked one way mm-hmm. you know or did things one yeah. way like yeah. we've always been this diverse <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah so that's just yeah i don't know where i was going with that well, yeah, that's, 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 that's the point yeah yeah. yeah 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 i hear you because it's like gosh there's, we're just like you know kind of like what everyone is what we're all coming to realize or already know is like we're so multi-dimensional and yet you know being in american society like people want to put us in this box in a sense and then we also want to put ourselves in a box mm-hmm. because of colonial col- colonialization i know <laughs> colonization 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 it's okay Colonial, colon, colon, uh, colonialization. <laughs> no, colonize. Wait, colonize. Nothing and mixing two words together. Yeah. Colonize. Colonization. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. It's 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 so like. I, I don't know. Like I, it makes me angry. You know, like it, it makes me angry, but also inspired to like. Yeah. You know, I think once we realize this, at least for me, I feel responsible to just showing up. You know, I feel responsible to just, like, being who I am. Like, even saying, like, I don't speak... I'm supposed to know three Filipino dialects. I know none of them. (laughs) I'm supposed to know, but I don't. But that doesn't mean that I'm less Filipino. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's It doesn't mean that, like, at all. And I just feel more of a responsibility to show up. I think that's, like, the easiest way that I can explain it. But thank you, Stacey, so much for sharing that. As you can tell, everyone was leaning in. (laughs) To hear what you had to say. And I wanted to just open its floor to see if anyone, I don't know, just felt inspired by that and had something to add to it. No, we're just, like, blown away. We're still processing this. I I super appreciate you going through that. I was actually going to say that one, I mean, I binged listened to all of the the episodes. At two times (laughs) the speed. Yes. And I remember listening to your episode and being like, oh, my God, there are all these things that I, like, have never known about my own culture. Mm -hmm. And I had this, like, really random flashback of, like, being in, oh, God, I don't even know what grade we learn about, like, segregation. Mm. And I'd raised my hand in that class, and I was like, 
So I'm Filipino. Like, <laughs> where, like, where, where do we? Yeah, me? like, where, yeah. where am I in this yeah. story? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? We're like, not in the story. Do I sit in the back? Do yeah. I sit in the front of the bus? Like, what does that mean? And I remember my teacher just being like, I don't know. Maybe mm. you can figure that out on your own. And I was like, wow. where am I supposed to find this? Like, you're my teacher. I ask people yeah. Yeah. That all the time. Yeah, yeah. and especially and the, like being half white and yeah. being ha- like, but my last name is Dominguez. So yeah, what, so, like, where, where, would, I where would I have been? Yeah. Right. So, and that was one of the first, like, moments where I remembered being like, I should probably just stop asking. No. Like, Mm. someone will probably tell me eventually, right? And and yeah, that's kind of been the beauty about this whole entire podcast and why I've, like, really leaned into this, because I feel like there's all these stories and all these things that people Mm. have been teaching me that I'm like, I should have freaking learned this, like, Mm. when I was eight, like, you know, and when I was asking. None of us have learned it. Exactly. Until we, you know, invested in it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that was kind of, like, my first initial yeah, reaction when I was like listening to yours and I was like wow here are all the like not all the answers but here are some of the answers mm-hmm. I like always wanted and asked for and just never bothered asking because I had this experience yeah. of like yeah. someone telling me like well you're not it's not you're important. not here you're right. not important yeah. you're not important yeah. to be part of this like yeah. literally someone telling me that I'm not part of the history books and I was like okay but I'm here so like what yeah. does that mean so how did I get <laughs> yeah. here how did I someone get here yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, I hate to cut in as I always do, but I do have to say that this concludes part one of our live event recording back at San Francisco Bay Area in Oakland, California. I want to thank you all so much for listening, and I hope that between now and part two, which will get released about five days uh, from now at the time that this was published, I hope that you have a conversation about this with your peers and people you feel comfortable talking about with, or also you engage with us on Instagram or email or however you would like to get a hold of us. So thank you all so much for listening and we look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.